Welcome to the Cedar Lake Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired and fulfilled by this week's message from Pastor Neil Hopper. If you would like to know more about us, visit our website at clcc.church. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes. I promise I'm, I may not even get above what I'm at right now because I'm going after something uh, today that is going to be, it, it's, it'll be the same but different because I uh, talked to the people on Wednesday nights. This will be almost a continuation of some of the stuff I shared on Wednesday because if you're not careful, church can become you know, ho-hum, humdrum. We're just getting another theological statement. There's just another something that we love the Word. We suck the life out of the Word of God, right? We love the Word. But within that Word is life-giving power. Within that Word, there is something that happens when we take the seed of the Word, we receive it and we believe it. But I think You can get into a place, and here's where I want you to catch me. You can get into a place where you're receiving the Word, but you're not encountering the God of the Word. See what I'm saying? Like, it's easy. I love theology. I think bad theology is a really bad thing. I don't ever want you to just come for some theological statement about what you believe because it's easy for you to have a theological belief system, something that you can go to the Word and you believe it, but you never encounter it. You never really have any form of encounter. And so so that I'm clear, I want you to know that I'm not suggesting at any time that everything in your Christian experience is going to be one grandiose experience after another. But I am saying this, If you come to a place where you hear the word and you walk by faith and you never really experience God in any tangible way, there's no, it's not experiential at all, then I'm going to say to you, I want you to open your heart and I want you to believe with me that you will encounter God. Understand? So when I say this, a, a lot of people... Uh, especially if you are a part of the of the body of Christ that is um, steeped in academia. In other words, if, there, if there's a lot of study, there's usually two different camps, a lot of study and nothing experiential because people who study and are educated sometimes look at us who are charismatic Pentecostals and you think, Um, there they go. They're always looking for some outward expression. They're always looking for a burning bush experience. They're always looking for a wall to fall. They're always looking for something. But the, the flip side to that to me is, is please don't give me a Christianity that leaves me with a theological belief system and I never see a wall fall. Please don't leave me with a Christianity that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for a burning bush every day. I'm not looking for that, Chris, but at some point I have to experience God's grace and goodness in some tangible way, right? So it's not just something that, um, it's not just something that I think we should, should brush off because we could talk about experiences that we've had. Can, is anybody in here who would raise your hand and say, I have had like a real tangible experience, something 
I'm talking about not just natural, but supernatural. And you knew it was God. And you might not have even told anybody, but because you maybe thought all your friends who were in the theological circles that were a little more steeped in in academics of our Christian faith, you would have thought, I better not share that with them because they might think I'm a little wonky. Anybody, anybody ever had a couple of experiences where you go, see, see look, here's the, here's the interesting thing. When you look around, we're all here. We just know that there's a whole group of people out there that we're like, I better not share that because I'm not too sure they're going to understand where I'm coming from. But listen, all through the course of history, all through the Bible, God was always a God who met with his people. Always. Always, we come to a Red Sea, Pharaoh's on my back, I have nowhere to go. What does he do? He, he wins that battle with a stick. He wins that battle with a stick <laughs> as a manifested presence. It's all it is. It's all it is. I mean, I mean you, can, you can call it other things, but it's nothing but a stick. It's, it's a piece of wood, okay? But he wins that battle. All through history, God's people have encountered God's presence. We've encountered it. We had week after week, but we cannot live on what God did 12 years ago or 10 years ago. You cannot live. If you value the past more than you value the future, you will, you, the past will cause you to look inward and you'll be inward instead of looking forward and saying, I believe God has more for us than what we're experiencing right now. So today I want to talk to you and encourage you in a couple of things that hopefully will give you a better understanding of what I, what I want to see. I'm not, not asking for fanaticism. But I'll tell you a story about how crazy things can be. Everybody in here has that story. Everybody that raised their hand could tell you a story about something God did that was so supernatural, so God that you can't make this stuff up. And in my younger days, Elder Ledbetter may or may not remember this. It's been a day or two. I'm not sure G-Mom and them were here yet, but it was in the old building when I first started coming here. I got a hold, and I'm just telling you, Mike, I'm going to give you one experience, and and then I'm going to move on, I promise, but I want to help you see this, because sometimes God will call you to do what seems like foolishness. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So, Scott, uh, years ago, there was the Terry family used to attend here, and there were other families that used to attend here. One of them called me not sure if it was the Terry's. It could have been, um, there was another family out of Rome. Uh, they started coming. Hope brought the, came over here with that family. What was their names? Uh, they're both passed away now. Who's that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway, one of those families called me at the radio station, and they gave me a prayer request, and they said, something has happened to my niece. She's small. Um, she really needs a miracle. Doctors are saying if something doesn't happen. And so, uh, David, I had a little piece of paper and I wrote down this prayer request. I was getting ready to leave. It was on a, it was on a, a Sunday afternoon. I was getting ready to leave. I wrote it down. Mazelle, I wrote it down on a piece of paper about that big. I wrote that little prayer request, about a paragraph. 
And I took that prayer request and I put it in my pocket and I said, all right, I'm going to pray over this. But I had gotten this crazy revelation that said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Got to realize I'm about 24, 23, 24 I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm hyped up on Jesus. I'm just like, I want something to happen. So I I kept quoting that verse, Lord, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I would hold that prayer request and say, God, give these people a miracle. I declare a miracle. And I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, y'all are going to think it's crazy, but we did get a miracle. I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, if he's in you, then eat that prayer request. And so in my mind, I thought, this looks like a stop-up ready to happen right up in here. (laughs) This looks like a stop-up ready to happen. So I bit it off in little bitty pieces and chewed it to like all the way home. I'm chewing this little prayer request. Listen, it's crazy, but it's an act of faith. I didn't know no better. I wasn't theological. I wasn't trying to be theological. I wanted that baby to get healed. I wanted a miracle. And so I kept saying, greater is he that's in me. And I thought, well, if I can just get this in me where he is, somehow, if I can get them two together, you understand my theology wasn't great, but my heart was pure and I wanted God to do something. I didn't want God to give me a miracle for me. I was asking God to give me a miracle for them. And I chewed up that little piece of paper and I got, I wasn't even really, I was coming. I don't even know if we were members yet. So the next Sunday, I come on a Sunday night and they get me up to testify. And I had heard during the week that the baby got a miracle. So I get up to tell the story. Like I told you, I got up and I was trying to talk and testify, scared to death, but I knew God had done something and I wanted to share it. And God gave that child a miracle. I can't even remember all the details. I can just remember I did a crazy act of faith. What we, what we would call crazy faith. Now, sometimes I know you, you fail, uh, you know, if you're like me, I, I try to be a little more, uh, I try to be wise and well-read and well-thought-out and all that. And then God just, just absolutely messes the whole thing up and says, well, just eat that prayer request then. And I go, okay, all right. Maybe I should have chose a smaller sheet of paper, I I guess. You know, (laughs) I don't know. But I just say that because I think if you want to encounter the presence of God, you're going to have to choose adventure over safety. Adventure over safety. Choose, you want to encounter God in a way you've never encountered Him? You're going to have to choose adventure. If you're taking notes, choose adventure over safety. In other words, if you do what you've always done, you're probably going to get what you always got. It's, 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 uh, it's really you saying, this is a great adventure. Anytime God calls you out into the deep, He's basically saying to you, launch out into the deep. Come out a little deeper. Get over your head. Now, get over your head can mean the water's deeper, uh, is, is higher than your height. It's over your head. Or getting out over your head can be you're over your head. In other words, you're, you're not thinking, you're, you're thinking with the mind of faith and not thinking with the mind of the natural. You're not, you're not, you see what I'm saying? If you can, sometimes you just, 
You cannot always think naturally. Sometimes faith will require you to do something. It's like, um, boy, there's been so many times, uh, there's been so many times that that God will speak to me or, or talk to me or say something. And uh, you can't let pride get in the way. If, if God is calling you out into a great adventure, always choose. If you want to experience the power and the presence and encounter God, the best way to do that is choosing adventure over safety. <laughs> if you step out into the unknown, I wouldn't step out into the unknown unless God was calling me, but if he's calling you and dealing with you and you're wanting more, let, let me put it another way so that maybe this will make sense. Sometimes your heart is hungering for more, but you're doing the same thing every week. And if your heart is hungry for more of him and more of what he has for you, if your heart is really hungry, then do something you've never done. Uh, that can be fasting. It can be, you know, just volunteering to pray for somebody, getting out of your comfort zone is what we call it, but I'm not even really talking about that. I'm talking about doing something, believing that an encounter is possible is the most important thing. If you don't believe that you can actually encounter God, what, what, listen, there are days that you're going to have to go on the word alone. You're not going to feel him. You're not going to, you're not going to know he's there in any way. You're just going to have to go by by the word alone. But there are times and seasons when God will absolutely allow you to encounter him in such a way, and you may not even be aware of how close he is, how, how present he is. Uh, I shared this on Wednesday night, and I'm gonna do it again um, because I think it's so powerful. Uh, come here, Daniel, and stand right behind Miss Della right there. Share this on Wednesday night. Get right over there and hold the other. So get this real close. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. I don't want it to touch her, but I want it to get real tight and pull it real tight and get it real close. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shade, the shadow of the Almighty. Sometimes the shadow and the shade is so close that you think, you're walking around going, it's dark. It, 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 you are experiencing darkness, but it's not darkness from evil. It's not darkness because something's wrong. It's dark because you're covered. You're under the shadow of the Almighty. You, you're, so sometimes believing that I didn't do something wrong and his presence just left me, I did something right and I'm abiding under his shelter. I'm abiding under his secret place of the Most High. That's what I'm talking about right there. It's, it's, it's understanding that every time, you know, sometimes it's easy to think, well, he's, uh, he, he left me. And there are things that you can do that can quench the Holy Spirit, no doubt about it. But it was, it was Corey Ten Boom that said, sometimes you're, you're, it feels like darkness, but it's not the darkness of evil or the darkness. It's that you are hidden in the secret place. He's really nearer, if I can use that term. He's closer than you think he is. And sometimes acting in faith out of that, you say, I'm not, not feeling anything. I'm not hearing anything. Sometimes you're so sheltered, so covered 
that you're walking in something that you don't even realize until the Holy Spirit shows it to you. You go, I'm really walking in his presence. I mean, this is, he's closer. And if he's close, that means I have the right to ask him for whatever I need. Do do you understand that if we were to go, let's, I had such a good sermon planned for it. Let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 has been such a prayer strategy for me. It's been so many things, but it is is one of my go-tos of all times because I want you to see this. God wants you to encounter Him, and you encounter Him in a lot of different ways. Before we go to Psalm 91, I'll give you Three different things that are all parts of the presence of God because if you do any studies on the presence of God, here's what you're going to find. There are three forms of the presence of God, not just one, there are three. And theologically, when theologians have debated this and talked about this, they looked at basically three different things that could really help you understand this. Number one, God is omni present. It means he's everywhere. King David explained this in Psalm 139 verses 6 through 12. Psalm 139 verses 6 through 12. You'll know this scripture and you'll understand it when I get there. Uh, I think I'm going back. uh, I'm going to go back to verse 4 just because if you, Sheila, are you good? You're going to get it for me? If you can, just start at 6 and I'll read 4 and 5 as you get going. Verse four says this, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. I'm in Psalm 139, verse four. Verse five says, thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Verse six says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Those are questions. If I send up to heaven, thou art there. He's there. He's omnipresent. If I go to heaven, he's there. Listen, if I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. Thou art there. Now, let me make something plain. Um, The word hell there is actually the word. Sheol, which Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, and it refers to a place of silence. Doesn't mean the flames of hell, of everlasting torment. That's not what he's talking about. What he said was, is if I make my bed in heaven, you're there, omnipresent. And if I make my bed, if I cannot hear you, if I'm having a struggle understanding what you're, it's a place of, Sheol is a place of silence. It is a land of darkness and of the shadow of death, a land as dark as midnight. It's it's without any order and without any light as a midnight. That's what he's talking about. He said, if I make my bed, omnipresence, if I make my bed in heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in a place of silence, even though I can't sense him, even though I can't feel him, he's still there, right? If If I make my bed in hell, behold, they're there. Number nine, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there 
shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light both are both alike unto thee. In other words, on the dark days and what you seem to be dark days or light days, it doesn't make any difference. God said, I'm omnipresent for you, my believer, my person, my son, my child, my daughter. I am omnipresent. I'm always there. Three things before we go to to the Psalm, uh, to Psalm 91. Secondly, so that's omnipresent. And then secondly, you have what we call the manifest presence of God. Some of you would know this. You've heard people talk, preachers talk. You've heard sermons or you've heard a song that talks about Shekinah glory. So the manifest presence of God. So the word Shekinah is taken from the word Shachan uh, or Shechan uh, in the Hebrew, which means to dwell. It means the dwelling glory, the dwelling presence And you can see this played out in Exodus chapter three, verses one through five, when God made uh, an appearance to Moses in a burning bush that was not consumed. That is the manifest presence of God. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. I'm in Exodus chapter three, verse one. He kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that that he turned aside to see, God called out, called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. That is what we call manifest presence. God manifest himself by, and he spoke out of this flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He manifested himself. Many of you have probably had times where God manifested himself in some way. He spoke to you in some way and you experienced the manifest presence of God. I do want to point out as we move through here though, that he did at least, sometimes I think God is drawing us in. He's giving us little secrets and trying to draw us in. So if you look where he says, he, so the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire to the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned uh, with fire but wasn't consumed. And in verse 3, this is where it gets interesting. And Moses said, I'll turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. At least he had the presence of mind. Some of you, I think God whispers. God will be speaking to you in a whisper, and you don't take the time to turn aside to hear what he's saying right? You got to take the time to turn aside. When you hear the whisper of God, you have to kind of just say, all right, I'm going to turn. God's about to show me something. And so he got his attention with this, with this burning bush, but 
if you realize he did two things. First of all, he said he turned aside, and then he said, I'm going to take the shoes off of my feet. In other words, my journey, I, don't, I ain't going to need these shoes for right now. I'm not only going to take them off as a po- point of reference, but this right here is where the journey is going to stop. Until this thing stops burning and until God speaks me out of this, I'm going to stay right here. I'm taking my shoes off as a sign of respect, but I'm also taking my shoes off to say, right here is where the journey ends until I hear from God until he manifests his presence. And then thirdly, um, and lastly, there's what we call the abiding presence. So you have, he's omnipresent, he's manifest presence, and then there is the abiding presence of God. It, it uh, is probably best understood from the term Emmanuel from the Old Testament, but it basically just means God with us. Here, God is no longer an occasional guest or visitor, but an abiding presence. First John 4, 13 says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Told you a week or so ago, it's he's with you, he's in you, he's for you. He's with you, he's in you, he's for you. He's with you, he's in you, he's for you. But to just understand those terms or to understand that he is an abiding presence, that's wonderful theology. But if I don't experience that in some real tangible way, my heart still longs for something that's more than just a theological statement. My heart still longs for something that is more than just theology. It's more, that's, that's a great theological belief system. That's a great understanding of scripture but I want to experience something. I want to have a burning bush experience. I want God to give us some outpouring of his spirit in such a way. And in order to do that, we're going to have to remember just a few things. And first of all, you're never, I said it in the first of the sermon, I'm going to go back to it because I want to, I want to go to Psalm 91 because I'm running out of time really quickly. But in Psalm 91, um, uh, to start with, before we go to Psalm 91, choose adventure over safety. Choose adventure. You want to sense God's presence? You want to see him do something fresh and new? Don't say, I'll just stay over here in my little safe place doing what I've always done. No, be willing to do what you've never done to see what you've never seen. Amen? And then secondly, before we go to Psalm 91, pursue his presence. Ask him to pour out his spirit on you. Ask him for an encounter. It's okay for you to believe that you can actually have an encounter, a transforming encounter that absolutely just stirs you. My heart has been hungry. I've been saying to God for weeks now, God, I I really need you. A few weeks back, I preached on the refreshing presence of God, not because I believe it's possible, but because I need it. I need a refreshing. I need God to do something. I need him. I need a fresh wind. I need a fresh fire. I need a fresh anointing. I need God. So you, you do understand there's a whole group of people that say, well, I don't, I don't think it's good to sing, you know, that about, I just, I just, I want more. I want more. I need more. Well, I don't know. We, we have all of God we want. Well, I don't have all of God I want. I want more. I don't have all of God I want. I want more. I'm still hungry for more than what I've experienced at this point. I believe it can be an ongoing, I'm I'm not suggesting, and I want you to hear me. I'm not suggesting that every day I want a burning bush experience because here's what happens. 
I'm not, number one, I'm not going to get that. But number two, God doesn't do that on my terms. God's presence doesn't come on your terms. You prepare yourself. And by the grace of God, if, if you understand that preparation and expectation work together, I cannot make God move. I cannot make, but I, he will honor the fact that I prepared myself. I prepared and I expected, and then I'll let him show up. If, if you go into this thing believing that you're going to, I'm going to do this or this or this, and I'm going to make God manifest his presence or show up in some kind of a tangible way, you're going to be disappointed because God is God and you are not. And he always will be God. You don't control him. He's God. I just prepare myself. I just expect that he will do it. Everybody in here, you ought to expect that God will manifest his power, his presence, and his glory for you. I want him to manifest it for you. And for some of you, you don't like wonky. You don't like anything. It's like, let's say it another way because I got to calm down. I'm sweating too much. Um, okay. So it's like when we were having signs, wonders, and miracles, we were asking weekly, we were asking God to give us signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, you know, a miracle is okay, but when you start talking about signs and wonders and people go, they're losing their minds up there. So you're, you're praying for signs, wonders, and miracles. And then when signs, wonders, and miracles show up, you go, hold up now. I don't want to th anybody to think we're crazy. Newsflash, you're already coming to church here. They got you. Amen? Amen? Say it another way. I don't want to go anywhere where they don't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't want to go anywhere. If, if you don't believe that God still does signs, wonders, and miracles, I don't want to go to church there. I, I, I can't make him move, but I can prepare my heart. I can expect that I really can have an experience with Almighty God. That he's not just some way off, far away theological being that loves me, but he loves me, loves me. Like he loves me, loves me. And he wants to show up and show out, as we say, in my life. So you, you, you can't make it happen, but you can, you can choose the adventure. Well, if I step out and pray for them, they may think I'm crazy. But if you step out and pray for them and they get healed, it not only will change them, you won't ever stop talking about it. It's you, they will give a testimony to it, but it's you that won't ever stop talking about it. Man, all I did was I felt like I was supposed to pray for somebody and I actually went over there and prayed for them and they actually got a miracle. Well, that ain't you, homie. That's the manifest presence of God. You didn't do that. He did that. So choose adventure. Be adventurous. Think in those terms. I'm going to step out of my little safe place and I may get a little radical with God and then pursue him and expect him to show up. Pursue him and expect him I, um, to show up. I, I listened to a testimony I was, when I was studying this because I've been listening to some things and reading some things to kind of prepare. And I listened to a testimony yesterday from a brother who is from Australia. And he was into, uh, I think he, his degree is in uh, electrical engineering. He's an academic he has three degrees, 
His mom has four. She's the president of a college in Australia. His dad has three degrees. He's the president of a different college in Australia. His sister has four degrees from secular universities. So he said, we were a people of academia and we were well-studied and well-read. He said, I'd gotten my engineering degree and I was working for, I think he was working for their military. And he had decided that he was gonna go to the mission field because he'd had an encounter with God. He's making all this money, but it ain't good enough. He's gonna have an encounter with God. And he said, he went to sleep the night he had told his wife, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, heard his testimony just yesterday and it blessed me so much. He said, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna quit my job and we're gonna go on the mission field. And he said, when I went to sleep that night, God gave me a dream. And in the dream, God showed me an engineering formula for something that didn't exist. And he said, I started studying this because I was an engineer by trade. I started studying this, but he said, he gave me this, this, it's a, it's a theory. I don't, I'm not an engineer. So trust me, I, I don't know. But he, he said, I saw the signs and I know this and this. And he told what it was. And he said, and I wrote a whole, my whole doctrinal thesis on it. And he said, I published a book about it and people started calling me. He said, so I didn't quit. He said, God gave me in an encounter with him in a dream, God gave me a theory for electrical engineering that didn't exist. He said, I saw it in a dream and got up and wrote it down. And I started doing my study realizing the reason, he said, I couldn't find any information. on. I knew what all the symbols were. He said, I just didn't know how they related. And he said, when I started looking up all the symbols, I realized God's given me something that don't exist. He said, I wrote a book about it. He said, government started calling me in. I was, I was teaching and preaching. Uh, I was sharing around the world. And he said, while I was sharing, I was able to share with them about the encounter of God, about the presence of God, how God gave me this. I didn't know this happened. And I did not know this. He started talking about how technology, uh, there were all these encounters that, uh, for example, um, I want to say, uh, I know Tesla uses it now, but the same theory that Tesla uses right now, they actually, uh, what's the gentleman's name that came up with that? Um, it's, um, what's the name of the car? Elon, but the guy who actually, Mr. Tesla, his, his name was what? He's the one that came up with the theory. Huh? Now, I know Elon, but the guy who actually came up with it, there's a guy named Tesla that he named it after that actually the theory of how electricity works to give us power, this guy named Tesla came up with it. He was a believer. He testified to the fact that God gave him the technology to do it. All through history, God, in just God encounters, the Lord has given us things this, this ain't stuff we're making up. This is real stuff. You know, this is real stuff. Um, and, and you say, well, can I have an encounter like that? I don't know what your encounter will be, but all you can do is prepare yourself and expect an encounter. What did I really come to say this morning? I really came to say, look, folks, let's start believing for the manifest presence of God. And how do you, how, one of the ways that you can do that is just seek his face. Don't come with an agenda, but come with just an open heart to say, God, I believe you want to do more in my life. I believe you want to just absolutely just do so much more than I can even comprehend. It's, it's what we know in the Bible when, when we read the, the verses that say that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. What does that mean to you? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means as big as you can think, God's able to do. 
Because if we don't get our, as a man thinketh, so is he. If I can't get you past the part that you don't think about encounters and you don't expect and prepare for encounters, you don't ask God to give you an encounter. See, if I I can't get you past the thinking and to a place where you go, yes, that's what I want. I want God to do something that I want him to absolutely just manifest his presence. Dreams, visions, whatever it is, praying for the sick, whatever your thing is, it's, it's been amazing through the years that God could help us and give us answers to problems and things if we just seek his face. The society's looking for answers, and I think we have, I know God has them, but we need an encounter with him so that it, it, and it may wreck your life. It may wreck your life, but that's okay for me because I don't want church as usual. I'm not looking for church as usual. I'm not looking. I, I don't. I don't want to be thought of as the crazy weird people, but I don't want to be thought of as the dead people either. I don't. I don't want them to say those people up. Man, they twice plucked up by the roots. There's no life over there. No, we believe that there's a life giving spirit. We believe that the power of the Holy Ghost really does change our lives. We want more. We want more. We want more. I'll finish. So, adventure over safety praying and believing for an encounter. Um, Don't make a tangible encounter happen. You can't make it happen, but you can prepare yourself and God can decide to manifest however he wants to. Expect an encounter with God. Expect it. Repent of believing that it cannot happen. Repent and return to him. Repent of saying, I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think, repent of that thought process and say, God, I know you can do it. Just turn it over to him. Lord, I repent for bad thinking because that's really bad thinking. Now to Psalm 91, and I'm just gonna read it and I'm not, I promise not to preach it and you guys can go home, but I do wanna just saturate for a good minute here and just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do because I, I did not come to kick and scream this morning, of course. I, I came to say one thing, we've seen more, We've known more, and there's so much more for us yet to experience. If you, my friends, that are sitting there and this preacher on this stage can sit here and say, I believe it can happen. I believe that I believe that I believe that God is going to absolutely show up and just pour His Spirit out on us to transform us, to change us, to give us an experience. There are things that we have not seen or known yet. There are things, and God is... God is still alive and well on planet earth, in case you didn't know. God is still alive and he's alive in you. And all I wanna do is stir you up and make you believe that there are greater things that are yet to come. Greater things that are yet to come. Why? Because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Because we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. By the way, the, the dwelling and abiding, I told him Wednesday night, Dwelling and abiding. In order for this to happen, raise your awareness of his abiding presence before you see his manifest presence. Let me say it again so you get it. Raise your awareness of his abiding presence and believe that you're going to experience his manifest presence. So we go from omnipresent to abiding presence to manifest presence. It's all the presence. We just experience it in different ways, right? So he that dwelleth, we, we dwell there, we live there under, and we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust.
Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Listen, I believe that we so dwell in him and he so dwells in us that we're not gonna, we're, we're gonna see the power of God, the healing power of God. God's gonna touch our bodies. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation. You habitate there. You're living there. You're, ab you're abiding there. And because you abide in him, if you can ever see this and understand, if I can ever get to a place where I'm abiding in him, he's not coming and going. I'm not coming and going. Every day, because of his grace, I'm abiding in his presence. I'm living and dwelling in him and he's living and dwelling in me. It's not a coming and going, but it's a daily living. If you ever understand and begin to be conscious of his abiding presence, you will begin to see his manifest presence. You'll begin to see um, I believe God will begin to manifest himself if you will ask him. Some people are afraid of that. They, they're not even sure they want that to happen. If, if he does that, I might have to change some things. Absolutely, absolutely. Verse 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling place. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt trample under feet because he hath set his love upon me. There's where the key is. He set his love upon you. He already loves you. He's, he, because he set his love upon, upon me, therefore I, will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath, hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and shew him my salvation. That is where we live. That's where we dwell. That's what we do. We are a people of presence. We are a people, we, we can't live without it. We absolutely can't live without it. I need his presence. I need more of him. I want God to do something in you and in me that he hasn't done before. And in order to do that, you have to understand that he wants to give us more. He wants to show up and power. He wants to manifest his power to you. He wants you to have an intimate, ongoing relationship with him where he just absolutely pours himself out on you and changes everything. Amen? Amen. Would you stand up on your feet? Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Could I just uh, pray over you and, and let's believe God? I just, um, just want to uh, just give God a good minute here. I, I'm not looking for any outward sign. I'm not looking for any of those things. Um, but I do want him to be God in the place. Amen.
We've seen healings. We've seen God do great things. We've seen restoration. We've seen deliverance. And greater things are yet to come. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you, if you're comfortable, you don't have to, but if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands? You can lift them up, up, or just open them wide, uh, you know, like carrying a TV or something. You can do whatever makes you happy, <laughs> however, however you're comfortable, but just as a symbol that your heart is open. And let me just, um, um, let me just pray over you. Father God, I thank you for your people. Lord, we are still hungry. We need you. We need you, God. We need you every hour we need you. Lord, we thank you that you manifest your presence and your power. We thank you for the moving of your spirit. God, we all could use a burning bush. We all could use an experience and an encounter that would so transform our lives and not just for us selfishly. I don't ask this for us to be selfish, that we have some experience that we can go around and brag about. I ask that you would give us an experience so that we could change creation. I ask that you would give us an experience so that we could touch our fellow man. I ask that you would give us an experience that would so transform us that we could go and testify to your goodness and grace, that we could be the answer to the problem, that we could be the solution to the issue, that you would show us ways and give us insights. God, let it be so. We're hungry for you, God. We thirst for you. Our soul follows hard after you, oh God. I don't want it just for five minutes in a service, but our, our position in this coming week, oh God, our position, our heart's position is we're hungry for you. We're hungry for a fresh encounter. We're hungry for a fresh outpouring. We're hungry for something that only heaven can give us. We're hungry. We thank you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come. God bless your people. As we humbly ask you, Lord, give us wisdom and insight, revelation. Mold us, make us, shape us, break us into what you'd have us to be. As we submit ourselves unto you, give us the courage to step out into a place that isn't so safe. Maybe looks a little dangerous. Maybe not what we're used to. Give us courage, oh God, and we will forever praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good rest.